You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Time now to have a look at the markets and a couple of other things, I suspect, with Joanne Bainham from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town in the Republic of South Africa. Before we get on to certain matters uh, market-related, uh, Joanne, I just wondered if you could tell me, as a South African, a proud South African, a person that lives in Cape Town who has children, has been homeschooling and all those sort of things, can you tell me what you think about the latest lockdown in South Africa? Um, I think we're all pretty fine by it, to be honest. But the reality is, with the numbers coming out of Gauteng that are so dreadful at the moment, I don't think the government had much choice. I think it tried to do the softly, softly, please behave yourself. People didn't listen. So then they had to go into a harder lockdown. Uh, and so we're all being punished for something the government should have done probably weeks ago. That's the first thing. Yes. I don't know if two weeks will even work, which probably means it'll be more than that. And I think that's where people are genuinely worried right now. If it was just two weeks and we knew it was two weeks, people would probably get on with their lives. But the reality is I think a lot of people don't trust that anymore. Because remember, when this thing started in, I think, March 2020, it was going to be for three weeks. Well, we're still in some form of lockdown many, many weeks later. So I think there's a there's a massive trust deficit right now with people listening to government's ideas. And I think the biggest issue, though, is why on earth more people haven't been vaccinated? Because this shouldn't even be happening. No, it shouldn't be happening. And it has been mismanaged. And quite honestly, the excuse that, oh, well, this is something we've never handled before is rubbish because AIDS pandemic um, particularly on the African continent, has been something that they've been used to. But anyway, it doesn't matter. There's been government after government, corruption and fraud on a wholesale basis. So and maybe they'll get it right soon. But anyway, yeah, it is quite distressing. Uh, what is a piece of good news today, Joanne Bainham, is the following. Uh, today's judgment of the Constitutional Court, handed down by Justice C.C. Campepe, finding former President Jacob Zuma guilty of egregious and aggravated contempt of court and ordering him to serve 15 <laughs> months behind bars is a victory for the paramount importance of the rule of law. He won't serve a month in jail, though, will he? I mean, that, I think that's, from what I can gather, uh, it'll be appealed and he'll have a, a team of people who are sympathetic to him for various reasons, but he won't serve. But on the other hand, he has been served a sentence. At the moment, I'm trying to look at the glass half full. And I think an enormous number of people in Cape Town or with South Africa as a whole are opening that one bottle of champagne they've got left to celebrate today. Yes. Because this is, a, this is a victory for South Africans. This is a victory for law and order. This is a victory on so many counts. And the fact that our courts still work. You know, it's a part of our country that's it upheld itself. Unlike a lot of other professions that haven't, the, le the legal society has shown us that they really stand for something. So I think it's a fantastic day for that. As yes. to your point, will he ever serve a day? Let, let's not dwell on the negatives right now. I, I think as South Africans, we need to look at something positive. And yes, well, I agree with you. The cynic in me totally agrees with you. I think for today, this is a victory. This is a victory for South Africans everywhere that you cannot take the courts and do whatever you want to do. There are consequences. So I think it's a fantastic day. I think it is as well. A small victory in an otherwise uh, victoryless South African world at the moment. On the other hand, though, the JSC Securities Exchange in RAND terms doing rather well, Joanne. Oh, I mean, it's done unbelievably. I think it's one of the best performing stock markets in the world in the last 12 months. You know, that came from a very low base and, and the RAND being strong has obviously helped. I, I think the more interesting thing is where to from here. And if you look at the last sort of last month, a lot of commodity prices have come off the boil. Um, we are in the short term seeing the dollar strengthening, which is never good news for emerging market currencies or emerging market stock markets. 
in fact, not good for stock markets generally, despite the fact that the S&P is now at an all-time high. So I think they're in the short term. You know, I think the RAND has done well, the Slavian markets have done well, but I think a little bit of caution is probably not a dreadful idea at the moment. Markets just seem far too complacent to me and far too too confident. I think also big market participants are being distracted by other things, i.e. counting the money that they've made over the last few years from being in asset classes like equities globally. It doesn't matter what jurisdiction you you look at, whether it be you know 50% here or 60% there or 27.5%. There. People are saying, well, OK, I'm going, to, I'm going to go on holiday. I'm also going to watch Wimbledon. I'm also going to watch the Euro 2020 tournament, which is one year delayed. I just think people, they're not tired, but they're certainly not as enthusiastic as they might usually be because of the time of year. Look, I think the time, as you know, sitting in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, this time of year, people do go into sort of go slow. We've also just come in. It's fantastic, actually, to see a picture of the football in Europe at the moment. People getting on with their lives, um, wow. you know, no social distancing, no masks, and actually living for the first time in months and months and months. So I, I think you're spot on. I think people have made a lot of money for markets and possibly could maybe sit back now and enjoy a holiday, a well-earned holiday after having been in lockdown for so long. So I think you're right. A very interesting comment I saw on the Wall Street Journal today, though, on this story about how much money people have made, is that they're now seeing uh, boomers retiring earlier, saying, well, I actually know I've been on lockdown. I don't want to go back to work. I'm going to give up working. And I've saved enough money in the stock market that I can. And we're going to start seeing sort of a shortage of workers because people are retiring earlier. And could this be the big worry we've had about inflation? that suddenly there's a lack of people out there to do the jobs and we start seeing wage inflation pick up and then this Fed's view on transitory inflation becomes quite dubious. So the stock markets leads to people not wanting to work. <laughs> An interesting way of looking at it. Even without the stock market, I've never wanted to work. But anyway, I've, I've, I've had to in order to keep myself in food and socks. But Joan, so you know people in their 40s and you know, late 30s, uh, mid 40s and early 50s retiring now because of being Robin Hooders or just because of their normal stock portfolio doing so incredibly well. Uh, not in South Africa, I do. I mean, I don't in South Africa, but when I read it from globally, it's what they're experiencing. The people are retiring earlier and saying, well, we've made enough money in the stock market. So it's, there was a Wall Street Journal article I read, but I just thought there was a very bizarre way of looking at the world that suddenly there might be not be enough people around. The other thing we're also seeing on the wage, in the wage story at the moment is uh, lower income workers are actually getting bigger rate of increases of salaries on the higher end because there's a dearth of workers on that part of the market. So, you know, for a long time, the government's been paying their salaries through lockdown. And so they're saying, why? Well, I don't want to work because what I'm earning from the government is more than I'd earn if I went to work. And so they're having to incentivize, give people signing on bonuses to be waitresses, to, to, you know, work in fast food restaurants or whatever kind of service level agreements they've got going on. So very interesting, the lower end is finally getting some pricing power which is, you know, they need it because they haven't been looked after for years. Have you ever been a waitress, Joanne? Yes, I have. And I best experience of my life. I would encourage anyone to ever do it. You're forced to be nice to people because you want to earn money. <laughs> did you get lots of, no, seriously, did for, you get for lots of tips? Teenage, for a young teenager, it's a fantastic experience. It's very good for your memory. It's very good to sort of deal with people. Yeah. It, it's a great job. No, you're quite right. It really is. I would recommend any young teenager to do it. I can't really see much to talk about because uh, it's, it's, it's that time of year that you've already described so well. But uh, one thing I would say is that there's that tech conference which happens uh, most years. It didn't happen last year uh, in Barcelona. It's all to, it's a mobile 
a mobile tech conference, and Elon Musk is a keynote speaker there today. And um, he's come up with something called Starlink. Have you seen this thing? No, I don't know. Tell me more. Okay, well, first of all, you know, obviously Tesla and then SpaceX. He's got something now called Starlink, and he's putting 47,000 satellites into the close orbit to Earth in order to provide ultra-fast broadband for anyone who's in an area that isn't actually covered uh, by fast broadband. So, so mainly people that live outside of an urban area but are wealthy. It costs you, I think, between 450 to 500 US dollars to sign up for, which is quite a lot of money, I would say. Yes. Um, and then it's £84 a month to subscribe. So it's, it's a lot of money. But he's already got 500,000 pre-orders for this thing. I mean, this man is incredible. He just doesn't stop. He's relentless. He is relentless. And um, I was just about to say that sounds fantastic for Africa, but clearly not because of those sort of pricing. It's still probably quite unaffordable for large parts of Africa. But, you know, as we know, with technology, these things start off expensive and they just get cheaper and cheaper over time. So as he gets as he starts the venture, other people will do the same thing. And I think anything that allows us to have faster broadband and more broadband for the for the planet, it's a good thing because, you know, having access to information allows you to make better decisions. Well, one thinks, one hopes it does. So that would be good news for Africa long run. I'd be interested, are most of the clients' companies, Lindsay, or is it individuals, or how's that working? It's just anyone can sign up. You can, you can, you, you just sign up for this thing, these 47,000 satellites. If you're in the bush in Botswana, if you're in the Okavanga Delta, and normally you wouldn't be able to be able to speak to, you know, your business partner because you wanted to get out of your Tesla stock, uh, you, you can now. And it's, it's faster than in urban areas. It's incredible, apparently. No, he is truly phenomenal, and you can see why a number of people are invested with him, despite the fact that his company results are sometimes a bit odd. I think it's because he's a visionary. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I don't quite hear or worship him like some people do, but he's definitely a visionary of our time. Uh, you know, Tesla's proved that, and this is obviously another venture that will prove the same thing. Um, is it listing or is it private or what's he doing? No, no, I think it's it's a sep- it's a division. As I said, rather you've got Tesla and, and SpaceX, and now you've got Starlink. I think it will be a, a separate listing. But five hundred thousand people at five hundred dollars a pop uh, to start with pre-orders, uh, plus the annuity income of eighty-four US dollars a month. It's, it, it's quite a sum of money, and people are saying he's just using it as a cash cow for other industries. No doubt. <laughs> Who knows what he'll do next? But he. Yeah, as I say, he's clearly very different to everybody else. I I see, I think he turned 50 this week, so he's obviously done a lot with his life so far. It's quite impressive. But, you know, back to the markets, though, Lindsay. Yes, let's go back to the markets. Go on. No, no, I just think, you know, ever since the Fed announced that they were going to raise rates in about 10 years' time, I'm being sarcastic, in like two years' time, the market's been acting very bizarrely. It's, you know, all these big tech companies are doing better now, and the value shares have been struggling a bit. You kind of wonder what's going on beneath the surface. Is it just, you know, do they believe the Fed's going to be tough on inflation? I'm not sure they do. It's just some very strange happenings in the market right now. And I just think everyone seems to be bullish. And we've seen the markets going up almost every day. I, I do I do feel a little bit uncomfortable right now, I've got to tell you, I think. And this dollar, I think people watching the markets closely watch the dollar because generally speaking, we don't see the stock markets doing well when the dollar's strengthening. And the other thing I can't believe you didn't ask me, Lindsay, is um, cryptos. They've been absolutely, what's the right word to use here? They've collapsed in the last sort of month or so. I see they're trying to recover in the short term. But that's also been a very interesting thing to watch. So 
There's lots of things happening in the market at the moment that make me a little bit uncomfortable. Well, Bitcoin is 36,125.1 or now 124.8, which is up 4.93%. It was below 30,000 around about a week ago when people were talking about the death cross, which is a particular technical uh, formation on a, on, a, on a graph. But here we are from 29,000 to 36,000. I'd say it's doing quite well. No, I mean, look, no doubt from 29 to 36, that's a great trade, but it did go from about 60 down to 30. Yes. You know, so that's what I think that's what people were talking about and in fairly quick succession. Uh, just on the point of the death cross, I've heard that mentioned many times in stock markets. Generally speaking, in my experience, it's been a great buying opportunity. Doesn't work. Exactly. <laughs> <That's my laughs> I mean, being very cynical now because I think technical analysis is very good if you know what you're doing. But when I hear these terms like, like death cross, you often think, hmm, maybe you should just take, a, take the opposite view because often comes true. Joanne, in uh, what time is it now? As we pre-record this, it's 20 past three South African time. So in two hours and 50 minutes, or is it 40 minutes? Mm -hmm. I can't work it out. In two hours and, uh, and 40 minutes, there'll be a football match occurring at Wembley Stadium in North London between two teams. One is England and the other one is Germany. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this in South Africa, but I just wondered, just off the top of your head, who do you think is going to win England versus Germany? <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. But, Lindsay, given that you're English, I hope for your sake the English win. Sharon Bainham is from Sterling Private Wealth in Cape Town. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.